she said that she can't forgive him right now, but one day she probably will be able to forgive him because carrying around hate is a lot harder than, you know, eventually forgiving. My question is, if she and the family can one day forgive him, should we be able to? Let's get it. And welcome to the Instant Classic Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast that is always an Instant Classic. And you're new! And we want to punch Jim Cornette in the face repeatedly until he bleeds because he's stupid. <laughs> we will see you on the flippity dippity. Oh yeah. What is going on, good people? We got confused. We didn't know who was going to host this one. So we're both hosting it, even though that doesn't really work because we can't talk. O- well, we can talk over each other, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's just. Anyway, uh, we're coming back to do a little, I don't want to say review, but kind of talk about the uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit, two-part special that they just had on, I think it's on Vice's YouTube channel. Um, I, I know it was on a bunch of different channels, but I think Vice is the uh, original one that does the uh, Dark Side of the Ring specials, which are actually really good if you get a chance to watch any of them. Um, I watched the Chris Benoit one, the New Jack, and the uh, Montreal Screwjob one. So those those three were That's really good. That's what I want. I still want to watch the Montreal Screwjob one. I, I watched... Um... I watched the one on Moolah. That was, that was another one that I got a chance to watch. I, uh, I, I still want to watch that one. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely um, it gives you a, a different side of like all this story. Like we've heard about the Montreal Screwjob, for example, like how many thousands of times. But now you got you know a little a little bit more backstage access to like what what was leading up to it. You know what happened, things like that. Um, I actually, I also watched the uh, Brawl for All one. That one was uh, that's another one I wanted to watch. Yeah, that 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 was the stupidest idea WWE <laughs> ever had. Um, but besides putting said, the putting the title on Brock multiple times, you, you think? No, no, the, the Brawl for All was worse. <laughs> Brawl for All was worse. <laughs> it literally shortened people's careers. Brawl for All was worse. <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, so we wanted to talk specifically about the, uh, probably the biggest one so far is the, uh, Chris Benoit two night special, um, or not two night special, but two part special, I should say. Um, I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was very well put together. Um, I liked the interviews that they had. They had, um, Vicky Guerrero, um, Chavo Guerrero. Dean Malenko, um, Dean Malenko's um, wife, um, a, a bunch. I'm trying to remember everyone that was on it. There's so many different people that you kind of got to get a different um, side of what happened and actually got to hear people actually talk about it because I feel like this happened back in 2007. So over 10 years, What what is it like? 13 years, something like that, 13 years. Uh, and, and really no one has actually just sat down and talked about it. It's, it's been this dark cloud over professional wrestling for 13 years. 
And I mean, it still is, but I think talking about it and kind of getting, you know, the stories out helps a lot. Um, and we, I, I feel like we learned some more things that we didn't really know because um, similar to, you know, what's going on right now with the coronavirus, you're, you only really hear what the media is telling you. And the media always wants the worst case scenario, you know, they're, they're fear mongering and everything like that. Whereas, you know, with this special, you got a little bit of the other side of that. Like what really happened, what was going on leading up to the incident? Um, what Chris Benoit was going through mentally, physically, uh, which I don't think a lot of people really thought about not saying that that is makes what happened. Okay. But you kind of think a little bit more of, okay, uh, that kind of adds up a little bit more. Again, not saying that it makes what happened okay, but it gives you another thought about it. Um, any initial thoughts on the uh, special, DJ? Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest things that I think this special did, and I think a lot of them do, um, you know, is it almost gives like a neutral um, feel to things. You know, it gives a neutral description of who he was, how he was, kind of, you know, the type of not only competitor he was, but person he was, um, you know, before everything transpired. I think, um, especially with a lot of, you know, murder mysteries and, and like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of times where you don't get to get that neutral side until, and usually it takes years and years later when they finally do a documentary on it. Um, you know, if you were, cause I, something before this came out it may have, no, I don't think it was the previews of it that made me think of it, but, but before this came out, something just made me think about Chris Benoit and then I started looking stuff up and, and, you know, I started, it was probably three or four months ago. Um, and I started, and it may have been when they started promoting this, but I started looking stuff up and it just like, it brings you back to that time. Almost. This is what was crazy. Like even just watching this, it was like, Whoa, you know, it was like, it made it feel like it was just yesterday that all of this happened and how crazy it was. Um, you know, I, I like the interviews that they had, uh, you know, having especially like somebody like Chavo, who was obviously really close to him and Eddie, um, you know, having Vicky Guerrero, who who I think we forget how close they were, to be honest, because nobody ever talks about it. Everybody has, you know, people have talked to Chavo, people have talked to Chris Jericho, um, people have talked to even Dean Malenko at, at times. But like Vicky Guerrero. I haven't heard a lot from her about it. I think she even said this was one of the first kind of sit down interviews she's done on, you know, on the entire situation. Um, what I liked was the people who were interviewed were real about it, but they weren't malicious about it at the same time. Um, you know, they were real about, yeah, he's a killer. Yeah. He, you know, he did some horrible things. Yeah, you know, the, if he wanted, somebody even said if he wanted to take his own life, that would have been different than him, you know, taking three lives in the process. But at the same time, 
you know, we got to hear a little bit more about him and his attitude um, and kind of even some of the personal stuff that I think sometimes you don't get to hear about, you know, the fights and the arguing. Um, and it's always interesting, too, especially in stuff like this, because um, I'm like fascinated with like murder mysteries and like stuff like this, because I, I, I just kind of become a fascination of mine because it's just an interesting topic. Um, and it's interesting, especially like seeing some of the texts that everybody got and, you know, kind of seeing their responses to certain things that, that they were seeing that maybe now you're kind of like, I wish I would have done something then, but obviously, you know, hindsight being 2020, you know, you can't go back. So, you know, especially when they, when they talk about, you know, the text that Chavo got and then who else got it? It wasn't Johnny, John, John Laurinaitis. It was, um, um, I can't remember who else it was, but two people got the same text about the dogs or whatever. I don't, and, and I, I mean, it's one of those scenarios that I don't even think there was anything that they could do. You know, I think, I think when he sent that text, the deed was already done at that point. Um, you know, and it, it just, I think I enjoy watching documentaries in general, but stuff like this, that's kind of mysterious in a way, you know, cause somebody could pass and it's, and, and then you get the, documentary and you know a little bit more about it but i think the media was so was all over and you even saw it in the documentary was all over wwe for everything and everything and everything and all over him for everything and everything and everything um and i think and and rightfully so that is their job but i think on the other hand we never got to hear the other side of the story which i think this documentary did yeah uh, there was so much i i think more to the story that the media, you know, just, you know, it was like, oh, you know, it was a double murder, suicide, you know, he's a monster, blah, 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 like uh, condemning pro wrestling and everything. And it's like, there's, there's way more to it, way more to it. And, and this opened up more of what could have been part of it. Um, for example, they were talking about how, you know, when Eddie died, Chris took it so hard because they were like best friends, um, which I never really realized they were that close, uh, which was new to me. Um, but that also you have to take into consideration, you know, his mental state from that was not good. Um, and and I, I almost think, you know, again, hindsight being 2020, but you know, could WWE have done something? Could WWE have... Because people realized he wasn't the same. Like, he wasn't acting the same that he was. He, he was, you know... He was a different person. And they said that in this documentary. Is there something WWE could have done to help in any way? Whether it was, you know, um, therapy or, you know, some sort of rehab. Something. Yeah. Because... He, he there was clearly was something you, that was noticeable that was wrong. Yeah, I, I think too, you know, and a lot. I, I think a lot of men, especially, uh, struggle with this. But I think I, I don't know if Chris Benoit because he was such an emotionless type of a person, especially you know in terms of what he did from day to day. Um, so I, I wonder if he really knew how to grieve. You know, I wonder if he really 
knew how to live like i don't know i don't think he understood how to live life without you know that best friend there you know um and i think that's one of the things that i wonder about too with this and, and everything that transpired you know you you asked it could WWE have helped and i don't know if they could have um i don't know if they would have you know been able to take the necessary steps because because even though certain people saw him differently and, and we but these at the time i think were current guys with him right like I, i'm pretty sure so you know vince or somebody who may have been um in you know an administrative position maybe they may not have seen as much especially when you stop you stop seeing because they said a lot that, that that he was kind of in and out you know it's kind of like you know come in do your work go you know leave um so and i think from what what it sounded like it, it sounded a lot like he was trying to spend more time with his family which i think ultimately may have been the, the downfall on all of it um you know it's it seemed like he was trying he was trying to spend more time with his family to kind of take his mind off of everything um but i still think it's almost still a mystery you know it's almost still a mystery to why all of this happened because there is no true motive you know there is no true like oh we saw this coming like he acted different but nobody saw it getting to that extreme um i mean i think the closest thing they said was it was something something to do with an argument that he had with nancy uh soon before but then again even that's easy to it's easy to attribute that to what happened afterwards after the fact um so you know it's just it's still a mystery it's eerie um you know i i i want i don't think anybody's really done an eddie guerrero documentary either um it was interesting to even hear you know kind of the way everything ended in that way too because i think that hasn't been talked about a lot you know we hear a lot about him you hear a lot of positive things about him about who he was but nobody's you know nobody's like dove into his struggles either um and i, I hope that that's something that they maybe even vice does um, I don't know. I, I feel like that would be hard for because it's kind of the same group that would be talking about him, um, you know, to bring that same group up and, and, and try to get, you know, another painful memory, you know, for them to recall. But I don't know. Um, this, like, like I said, it's still a mystery. It's still, you know, I, you know, all of it's just just bad and just sad all at the same time. Um, and, and like I said, it just it just watching it took me back to that time and i wasn't even that really that old at the time i mean i was like teenagers or whatever but like I, it's not like it's like like th like there's certain things during that period of time that just kind of just go over your head and you just don't even remember anymore but this you'll never forget it you know when eddie died you'll never forget it you know you know that feeling that thought of it um and then i think because both of these guys passed kind of in the same, um, you know, within two years of each other. It almost, I think as wrestling fans, it made us think who's next, you know, like it, it made it feel like it was like a common occurrence. Cause there, there was a point where like wrestlers were been, you know, in the Indies mainstream, whatever, 
you know, were just, it, it just, it was like a, they were passing like it, like it was nothing, like, and all yes. from like the same, you know, the same thing. And then, of course, WWE, you know, came out with their wellness policy and all that, um, you know, to, to kind of help. But I think, too, and I don't want to get too long with it here, but uh, I, I think, too, you know, hearing from his son, I think was the biggest thing because I think you and I have talked kind of off camera a little bit about his son and kind of what he wants to do and him trying to get into wrestling. I don't, you know, I, I think he's in, he's in wrestling, but it's, you know, I wonder who would take that chance, you know, on him just with that connection. Cause even he kind of talked about how he was treated, you know, after the fact, even to this day, you know, kind of how he's treated, um, you know, it kind of broke, his family apart a little bit, um, you know, and obviously he's, he's wanting to wrestle under the name Chris Benoit Jr. too. That, go, that you know, that comes into play as well. Um, it's just, and he looks just like him. Like, he looks just like, it's, it's crazy. Like, the dude looks just like him. Like, you can tell he's his son. It's like, it's wild. Um, but, like, it's just, it was interesting to hear from him. You know, and hear from Nancy's side of the family too. Um, you know, but it, it was interesting because you know this was a, a time that like really broke him down. I think you know, yeah. being his son, and, and even you know when you hear about Nancy's side of the family too, broke them down to the point where they were close at one point, and then you know they kind of separated, and then because of the documentary and Chris Jericho and whatnot, you know they came back together. But um, you know, it, it's just. I want to see more of what Vice does because Vice does some good stuff anyway. Um, you know, some of the other stuff that's not wrestling related, some of the other documentary type stuff is always really good. Um, I want to see what else they do. They also did a little podcast or something after the fact too. Um, you know, kind of a little bit of an extra, you know, type thing about the situation. But I think this was a good way to start the second season because I mean, on, I don't think there's any wrestling fan that doesn't know unless you're just, you're just really young. Um, you know, unless you're just really young, and I know people have tried to keep it under wraps. They've tried to act like it never happened. They've tried to act like he doesn't exist, but there's no getting away from it. You know, there there's if you're probably, I don't know, at least probably 10 and up, you probably know about it. Because, I mean, I, and, and, and it's hard to even say that because nobody talks about it. Nobody asks about it. Nobody says, hey, do you remember Chris Benoit and, you know, how good he was? Nobody, nobody says anything about it. So, you know, it's hard to even say what the age group would be to where it kind of cuts off and you don't know who he is. Yeah. And if there is an age group that doesn't know, because it, it is possible everybody knows. Um, and I feel like. Also, you know, getting their side of the story, too, I, I like that, you know, in the beginning, like, they still said, like, you know, they gave him his, his the, the respect that, as a performer, he deserves. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what happened, you cannot deny he was one of the best professional wrestlers ever. You know, I feel like that's something you can't take away because that's his body of work. Uh, and with me, I, I personally try to separate what happened with before, like 
I still loved him as a professional wrestler. I, I loved his matches, you know, you know, everything like that. One of the best technical wrestlers ever. But again, you know, what he did was terrible. But there's, they still said, you know, he, he, they gave him the respect for his career, and even uh, Chavo said, you know, it's terrible what happened, and he would never, he, he would never condone what happened. But he's, he's still, they're still brothers in a way. Like I, I, I like that that he said that because, you know, we really don't know what happened. Like you said, we don't know what happened. And apparently it was over a two or three day period. And they were saying, oh, well, he had to have been in his right mind to at least write the, the, the suicide note or whatever. Not necessarily. There are people who still have mental breakdowns and have a little bit to write something, but still aren't, still don't realize what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that could possibly be he still he could have no idea what he was doing. He just, and they even said, you know, he had severe severe CTE. Um, they they I think at one point they had said his brain looked like the brain of like a seventy year old or something like that. Um, and that's just all the brain damage. So even though he had the wherewithal to write that note, he still may have not, you know known what he was doing he may not have known he may not have known who he was yeah like i think too you know the way that they said it transpired you know over the three-day period and and you know him like you know everybody within the family who lived there was dead but he was still like in the house it almost like seems like he had some sort of remorse but then he went too far so he didn't know what to do. Um, yeah, because because I because it, it almost sounds like he was in some sort of rage. If you try to like rationalize it, which it's irrational, it doesn't make any sense within itself. But it sounds like you know he did what he did, you know, to Daniel and Nancy, and then he he was he. It's like he woke up. You know, it's like he woke up and he was like, that was a bad dream. And then he looks over and it's like, it's not a dream. And then, you know, and, and this happens with a lot of, um, you know, killers and, and people who do really bad things. You're like, how do I get out of it? And then there's no, there's no way to get out of it. You know, even, you know, even the route he took is still to this day, you know, it's talked about. So you did. So you really didn't get out of it, um, you know. So it's just, I don't know. It's it's kind of even hard to talk about. I think because it's just, it's just one of those moments that just stick with you and not really good. Yeah, and part of me like feels bad for the fact that he did go through that mental kind of breakdown, that snap. Because even, um, I, I think Chavo and Chris Jericho were saying, you know, if you told him 13 years ago or 14 years ago that 
one day his, you know, his entire career, you know, and him as a person would be erased from people, from history, it would have broken his heart because that's all he wanted to do. All he wanted to do since he was a kid was be a professional wrestler. That, like, that was his dream that he was living. Um, and really, with the CTE, it's, it is kind of his fault, but it's not. Yes, he probably shouldn't have been doing the flying headbutts and all that. But at the same time, that comes with professional wrestling. And yes, they've, you know, changed it now to like, so there's not as many concussions, but there's still going to be concussions anyway. Like, that's just the thing of any any sort of physical activity, sport, whatever. Um, but that's just, you know, the fact that he would have been heartbroken if he knew, like, one of his actions would have completely erased him from the history books. Um, and not to everybody. Like I said, I still, I still will go back on YouTube and watch old Chris Benoit matches. I will still watch, you know, matches. I, I was watching some of the matches of him and Eddie Guerrero in Japan the other night because I still respect his career. I still respect his in-ring work. I don't respect what happened, but I respect his in-ring work. And um, one of the things that, that was said at the end of the documentary that I kind of want to pose a question, not only to DJ, but to anybody watching this, is um, I think it was his, his sister-in-law that was interviewed or something like that. I, I forgot how she was related to him. But she said, she said that she can't forgive him right now. But one day she probably will be able to forgive him because carrying around hate is a lot harder than, you know, eventually forgiving. My question is, if she and the family can one day forgive him, should we be able to? Should the fans should? And obviously, like like Chavo said, he should never be in the WWE Hall of Fame. That's unfortunately a, a given. But if if they are able to forgive him, his family is able to forgive him. Should we? I think, I think yes. Um, and I, obviously, it's a little bit easier for us, kind of being outside of the situation in terms of being in it. But even even in terms of, um, you know, tragedies that happen within your own family, you know, you're supposed to, as hard as it is you know, forgive the person and not hold the grudge, even though, you know, it, it's not the easiest thing to do at all. Um, so I, I think we should. Um, but in terms of, you know, in terms of will fans forgive him, um, you know, it's kind of hard to say. I don't know. Um, I guess it just depends on the fan. But should we? Yes, because really, in a way, we should live our li lives in that way, you know, that if a similar thing was to happen to us, you know, as hard as it would be, it's better to forgive the person and try to move on from it than it is to keep it bottled in, you know, keep it, uh, which another thing that's good about the documentary is it keeps this from, because a lot of these people haven't talked since, you know, for 14 yeah. years, haven't talked about it, so. Yeah, and 
like you said, we're not a part of the family directly, but I feel like for a lot of people, like for me, for example, I know you're a little bit younger. You're a young whippersnapper. But uh, like some of us grew up with these guys. Like literally grew up watching Chris Benoit, watching Chris Jericho, watching. So in a way, we're not, I don't want to say we're family, but you feel that connection with these people. Like, you know, I'm sure there were professional wrestling fans who Chris Benoit was their hero. There were probably kids that looked up to him. And I think if the family is able to forgive him, not, and I'm not saying everyone has to, but I think we should be able to if they can. Um, but also, uh, I, I like, you know, like you said, we got to see the interview with his son. Um, I don't know if he's still currently in professional wrestling or trying to. Um, but the fact that he, uh, I think it was an AEW show they were at, uh, cause Jericho was there, but you know, the fact that he still loves wrestling, the fact that he still watches it, um, the fact that he, he even said, his dad is still his hero. Like that, that was, that was powerful. That, that was like, wow. And two, you he, know? he loves wrestling when in a way wrestling kind of turns back on him. You know, yeah. when you think about it. Um, and if you don't understand, and this is probably my closing thought, but if you don't understand uh, what Casey's saying about, you know, we feel like we're family. If anybody was as hurt as most of us were, you know, were early, you know, in late January when Kobe passed, then you'll understand, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think my final like closing thought before we kind of end this is because we're just about at the thirty-minute mark. Um, is see, I feel like if he has that dream and still wants to be a professional wrestler or work in professional wrestling, fuck you. If you say he can't, or if you make him feel uncomfortable because yes, Chris Benoit was his father. Yes. Something terrible happened. He can't control that. He didn't, he didn't have any control of what uh, Chris did. So, to tell him or to make him feel like he is not welcome in professional wrestling is bullshit. And I have no respect for anyone who acts like that. Um, hopefully if he still wants to, hopefully Chris helps him. I, I hopefully, uh, Chris Jericho kind of helps him, uh, maybe gives him a spot working in AEW. Again, I don't know if he is currently working in wrestling or what he's doing, but if he wants to, he should still be able to follow his dreams. He should still be able to do what he loves to do. Um, I, that's just my my personal opinion on it. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that before we kind of yeah, close I, out. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. That's kind of all I have to do. I agree. Good, good. Very, very well said. Good addition there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that's going to be pretty much it for this discussion. Um, I'm sure we'll probably do a couple other um dark side of the ring uh discussions on a couple other episodes uh there were a few good ones also uh as soon as dj watches it again because he wants to kind of 
rewatch it. We're going to do uh, our discussion on the Edge 24 special, which I thought was really good and kind of not that I didn't like Edge as much because I've always loved Edge, but it it, it brought that it brought back that love for Edge that I had, um, and kind of reminded me of how good he was and like because he is honestly one of the best ever. Um, you know, I I don't think in like WWE, I don't think in some aspects he got to that level like he was treated at that level, but he really was one of the best. Um, and that special was really good. So we'll hopefully do that very soon, um, along with some other discussions. But uh, we will be back uh, as sometime in the near future days, couple days. I don't know. I don't know when we'll be back. Um, also, if you haven't, go freaking watch the Big Show show because it's amazing. It is fantastic. It's on Netflix. Go watch it. It's so good. Yes. But uh, we will see you on the dippity dippity. Oh, yeah.